Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Feel her suck the juice from me, shoot into her open throat, and she takes me deeper all the way to the base and her hands on my hips and ass to steady us both. I can barely stand. My knees are buckling, hips bucking and I can barely stand up my knees are bucking hips bucking she's looking at me with those eyes again those eyes those pretty eyes I can hear her plead let go let go and I've heard her say before and she's so good at this so fucking good that I do I trust I thrust against her inside her within her and I'm shriveled rendered useless spent That was Mr. Sinclair Sexsmith, friend of the show, friend of mine, probably friend of yours because they do get around, reading from a short story in their brand new book, Sweet and Rough, Queer Smut. I'm Tina Horn, and you're listening to episode 15 of Why Are People Into That? Before we get to the main course, let me tell you a little bit about a snack I've prepared for you. I figured since Sinclair was my very first guest on the inaugural episode of this podcast, I would have them back via the magic of the online hangout to talk about Sweet and Rough. It's erotica, it's an ebook, it's hell of affordable, and it's available on sugarbutch.net, which you should be subscribed to anyway if you like dirty things. I have another very special guest coming up later in this episode, but first, here is a teaser from my conversation with Sinclair. Mm. Uh, yeah, so if all of the stories are first person, a narrator, the protagonist of all of them is Sinclair Sexmas. So <laughs> that is uh, that is one of the through pieces of the book. And all of these stories are fiction. None of them are written okay. up directly from an experience that happened, which I do also write. You know, so sometimes a lot of the archives on Sugar Butcher, my actual sex life, me writing what actually happened Mm. to the best of my knowledge with, you know, probably some, um, it's, it's really hard to remember the morning after sex well enough to write it all down. So sometimes it's not like the most accurate, I'm sure, but it's dramatized. Sure. Anybody who says that, you know, only Truman Capote claimed that he could, (laughs) that he could remember I don't know about sex. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I mean, I, especially when my blood is rushing all sorts of other places aside from my brain, it's not necessarily me. But I often also, one of the fun things about that is that I'll send it to the lover that it's about and say, like, what do you, what do you remember that's not in here? What Mm. else did we do? Did I miss anything? And sometimes I get some really good moments that I forgot about or that 
I was like, oh, that really stood out to you? Really? Should I, I should put that in there? Okay, I didn't realize that that was That's a thing, actually, okay. a, 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 that would be a fun um, idea for a project, actually. It's really fun. It's yeah. a fun way to write erotica. And so in the eight years I've been doing Sugar Witch, I've really been honing this particular voice of Sinclair's voice writing about Sinclair having sex. So... So that's a, that's a big piece of what those 16 stories in this book came together from, you know, from that particular voice and that perspective. Um, in, in a lot of ways, you know, my personal uh, identities are really different than the Sinclair in this book now. But, um, but I still think all of these stories are super fun and... Uh, um, are really good introductions to my work in general. My entire interview with Mr. Sexsmith, which is almost an hour long, is over at the new Wire People Into That SoundCloud, which I made just in case it wasn't already easy enough to share this fabulous podcast with your friends. That's soundcloud.com slash that. My guest today is artist Katie Diamond, editor of Salacious, a feminist, queer, anti-racist porno magazine. She is the illustrator and designer of Girl Sex 101, a queer sex ed book that is going to drop in 2015 and completely change the world, if you ask me. Katie was also International Miss Boot Black in 2011, and if you don't know what the fuck that means, you are about to find out, my friends. So grab your Hubbard shoe grease and lace into your favorite pair of Wescos for why are people into boot blacking? Wow. Hi, Katie Diamond. Oh, hello. Thanks for being on Why Are People Into That? I'm very excited to be here. Great. Um, this isn't your first rodeo. No, no. No, no. I've been on a podcast or two. Oh, yeah? Are you a podcast slut? No, no, no. Merely, I merely dabble. I see. Um, well, uh, I invited Katie Diamond here today because um, she is an amazing artist um, and a publisher of uh, Salacious Magazine, which is my personal favorite queer feminist social justice-minded, comics-heavy, anti-racist porno magazine published in North America. We have a lot of adjectives. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, and uh, that's, I think, maybe how uh, you first came on my radar. That's how you first came on my radar. <laughs> And then uh, you came again on my radar uh, as the illustrator of every sex ed book worth its locks. Is that an expression? Worth its locks? I just made it up. I'm a Jew. I can make up expressions about books. Totally smoked fish. Yeah, (laughs) books are bagels. Books are bagels and other things we've learned today on why are people into that. Um, but re- you uh, are sex educator to the uh, or sex illustrator to the sex educator of the stars. Yes, Tristan Tormino uh, referred to me as the illustrator to the um, to the sex sort of uh, you know Illuminati, the <laughs> sex Illuminati, and I thought I thought that was very apropos. <laughs> is is there is there an is it a secret society? Oh, okay. I don't want you to kill my family. So, <laughs> um, uh, 
cults, cults, cults. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, other amazing things that Katie Diamond does, um, uh, currently working on illustrating and designing a, speaking of sex ed, sex ed book that is going to blow the top off of everybody, uh, and the sex ed industry in general and completely change the world. That book is called Girl Sex 101. Um, do you want to say a few words about Girl Sex 101? Oh, yes. Girl Sex 101 is a road trip, uh, of female pleasure. What is what is Girl Sex 101 about? Is it is it about <laughs> what's it about? Horses? It's about I... girls having sex. All all girls of all shapes, sizes, creeds, whatever your desire is, we we cover it. Um to to borrow my my cohort Allison Moon's phrase, not every girl has a vulva and not every vulva has a girl. Which I think is very clever. Yes, I think that's clever. But indeed. it is going to clock and in true. and true. And uh, the book is almost done, uh, about Amazing. a month left of work, and there, it's clocking in at over 400 pages Jesus of fucking Christ. sex, ed, dirty storytelling, experts, illust- everything you could imagine. And Every also page. potentially something that you could use to bludgeon intruders to death with, it, it will make like. an excellent doorstop, yes. perhaps when your table is uneven, uh... When you're confused about how to flatten, you know, that flower you got in the field, this book will absolutely do that. That's it is great, because I'm so... I've been using lipstick traces by Grail Marcus for that for so long. <laughs> it's just... It's flattened so many flowers. Um, so... But that's great. But it will also probably teach the world to love. Yes, that is, in a that queer, is the goal. In a queer, queer, queer way. Queer love. Queer, safe, sexy, consensual love. Fuck Yeah. Um, well, I'm fucking excited about that. Um, but, uh, none of that is the reason that I invited you here today. Not a one. I mean, <laughs> in, it is in the, in the establishing your authority, but, um, uh, what are, what are some, what are some other books that you've illustrated? Uh, The Ultimate Guide to Kink. Mm-hmm. Uh, Playing Well with Others. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. So many people for, that wrote those books have been on this podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Isn't there's a G spot one that you did, right? Yes, uh, a handful of illustrations in the G spot one. It's mostly photos, very sexy. Your anatomical um, drawings, I feel like, are are they get a lot of they're slutty. Yeah, your slutty anatomical, anatomical drawings. drawings are very slutty. They, they get around. They get around. Um, I also illustrated Backwards Day. Uh, I was featured in the uh, Gender Outlaws Next Generation book. Oh, yes. Um, uh, goodness. Uh, I, there's more, but people can learn about that on katydiamond.com. Oh, nice segue. I know. Um, and you also have the distinct honor of having been named, dubbed, knighted, International Ms. Bootblack 2011? 2011. Can you tell me what the fuck that means? Well. Because uh, when I met you, I was like, what? You, you were joking about being International Miss Beach Bunny, which I thought was very yes, funny. Yes, yes. I still rec- re- refer to myself as International Miss, Miss Beach Bunny. Right. Uh, so you, you like go to the beach and I like wear it on the beach. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, obviously. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, no, International Miss Bootblack. Uh, 
let's let's see if I can get my history right, only because I'm awful with dates and numbers that way. But fuck them, uh, fuck them, fuck them. International Miss Boot Black uh, has been around. Sev- it'll be 17 years this coming year. Wow. Um, we just celebrated our 15 year anniversary. Not quite legal. Not quite legal. <laughs> Not quite legal. Um, but it is essentially a contest where you um, publicly practice and prove your skills at being a boot black. And what does it mean for you to be a boot black in the leather kinky sense? Oh, well, for me, well, a boot black is somebody who takes care of your leathers, ideally on you. Mm-hmm. Well, like um, while you're wearing them. While you're wearing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say that a boot black is sort of like um, everyone tries to equate it with a shoe shine. You know, the guy you see at the airport. Sure. Um, you know, a shoe shine makes your shoes shiny. Right. But a boot black makes you feel shiny on the inside. Ugh. Ugh. Who doesn't want to feel shiny on the inside? Who doesn't want to feel shiny on the inside? So, that's beautiful. So, how ex- what what does a boot black do to make someone shiny on the inside? Oh, well... Uh, for me, boot blacking, which like, yes, I suppose if you like took a camera and zoomed out, uh, a boot black would look like they are a shoe shine, um, on the surface. But for me, taking care of someone's boots is providing a level of care that is beyond just the leather. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone sits for me, uh, often at events, uh, sometimes private play parties. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. When someone sits for me, often it's the only time they're seated because we're all running around. Right, right. So So you mean like a leather event? Yeah, like a leather event, um, you know, you know, out at a bar night or whatever. Everyone's Mm -hmm. like standing about being sexy. Um, So it's their first time sitting, which that's a relief. You know, like everyone gets to get off their feet, especially in like really intense, crazy heels or boots that come up to your balls or whatever. Uh Um, So that's really nice. Uh, And then I get to ask them about their day, be really attentive. That, um, I think, makes people feel really seen. They feel shiny on the inside. So I'm at a so I'm at a party and I'm dressed to the nines in my leather mm-hmm. and uh, and you know leather boots, leather pants, leather fancy corset bustier, and I want to get off my feet. And you're set up at a boot black stand, which yeah. looks, as you were saying, to the to the untrained eye, mm-hmm. like a little shoe si- shoe shine station. And I get to sit down and then you actually do start cleaning my my boots. Like using Oh yeah. 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 What is in what's in your boot black kit? Oh well uh I'm very I'm a very basic boot black. Mm-hmm. I like Like everything. is that like a basic bitch? <laughs> <laughs> no Maybe. I mean, maybe I'm a basic bitch boot black, but I... I I don't think so. (laughs) I have a very basic kit. I like... I basically want to be able to fit everything that I need in, you know, no bigger than the size of a Mm -hmm. Um, And my kit is polish. Mm -hmm. Mostly just black. Sometimes I'll travel with brown or like an oxblood. Those are the three typical colors. Um, Different types of polish. There's hard polish, soft polish... Um, maybe I'll carry a dye on me, um, several different types of rags, towel and otherwise. I'll have, um, you know, different types of brushes for buffing, mm-hmm. the little shiny part that everyone t- tends to think of. Um, saddle soap, 
of mm. a variety of different styles to clean. Um, and then also some oils, you know, different types of, uh, you know, Hubbard's is, is a pretty common one, like basically shoe grease. Cause that's, um, not... that's stuff that smells really smoky, right? Yeah. Yeah. It smells really fucking good. It's that stuff is a lot of people's fetish. I'm learning a lot of yeah. people really dig that smell. Yeah. Hubbard's not to interrupt the what's in your kit thing, but Hubbard's it smells, um, it reminds me of Laphroaig tea, which is probably mm. not a good reference for listeners because I'm like the only person in America who loves Laphroaig tea. But it kind of smells like a like a um, like a campfire. Yeah, it's just in it's a very pine, pleasant it's pine, way. It's pine tar and wax and a few other like all natural mixins just to make it really. So you open it up and um, there's a there was a a, a batch a, a, a particular a, a particular, particular vintage uh, vintage yes, yes. that actually um, there was a forest fire and you could smell the forest fire in it for some of the, the tins and so I actually like some of us have like those those of us that are nerds uh -huh. have saved those canisters because they smell amazing and the other thing uh just to digress uh the other thing that i find really um you know i learned that because it's all natural people like to to fist each other with it oh interesting yeah uh, and give massages, I'm told. And give as massages well. or grease them up, themselves up and wrestle. You know, it's it's an all-purpose product, really. So what you're saying is, you've got this little tin of Hubbard's. It smells like a campfire. You can use it to take care of somebody's leather boots and make them shiny and new. Then you can give them a full body massage with it and use it as lube to stick your entire hand inside them. And all of that is completely appropriate and safe and with consent of course yes yes and then rest and wrestling also wrestling also it is the all-purpose pervert grease in my opinion hubbard's shoe grease you heard it here first <laughs> maybe not first but um Hopeless. and this is not they're not in you know they did in no way no way are they this. endorsing this no, no but maybe they should be no they're mormons they don't want us to be using Fuck! it yeah they, God they damn it yeah yeah the other i mean nerdalicious nerd moment here like i've actually been slowly using less and less of hubbard's because i don't really want to give my money to homophobic mormons <sighs> i know i know well, you can't win them all. No, no. I guess we could think of it as um, reappropriating. Yes, we could. Yes. We are. Capitalism doesn't really let us do that with the buying of the thing, but I'll, yeah, we can. Well, we'll, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Hubbard's drool. So uh, what what else is... Yeah, that pretty in... much covers it, you know? Yeah. The ability to take care of soft leathers, which is what the shoe grease would be for, or soft polish, and hard shine leathers. Um Sometimes all someone needs is a little bit of cleaning, too. You know, they might be dusty or running around, and they just need a good wipe down. So why do I want you to take care of my leathers at a sexy event? Oh, God. Well, What's the connection to sex? Well, for one, you want me to take care of your leathers because it will make you feel really sexy. Uh -huh. I'm going to make you look brand spanking new. Uh-huh. That will, that will like, up your sex appeal because you're going to feel so confident in what right. you're wearing and how you right. look. So it's kind of like getting, like, the spa treatment. Totally. Pampering. Oh, totally. Leather spa. I've absolutely referred to boot blocking as a leather spa. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of your leather, but I'm also using my hands to massage all of these products into mm. what you're wearing. So you're essentially getting a massage huh. while I'm also making your boots really beautiful. So you, you get both of those things. Um, huh. Yeah. Also, it is primo cruising spot. 
to sit for a boot black. Interesting. I often, pe- often people will sit with their drink or a cigar or whatever it is they're doing and they get to chat with me, but also like get a, get a look and feel for the room and absolutely primo, primo cruising zone. Totally. Cool. Yeah. So, but what is, so, so that makes sense. So the person in the chair is being pampered and also gets to sort of sit in one place and look around and sort of be like a queen for a moment. Um, But what's in it for you? Oh, well, I have a leather fetish. Interesting. (laughs) And I don't necessarily, I don't want to speak for other boot blacks, but having a leather fetish does help my desire to boot black. Absolutely. So you're just... You're just like, let me take care of you so that I can get my hands all over. Oh, that it's leather. not that self-serving, but it definitely helps. I mean, I, I love leather. Also, you know, being an artist, there's a process to boot blacking. There's sort of like a ritual. You know, I, I've actually often referred to boot blacking as sort of like um, the way one would prepare for like silk screening or any sort of printmaking process because Cute. there's there's a lot of chemical and water and this and that and you have to follow a certain direct set of set of order uh, order of operations if you will that will like make the thing happen so I get to be really tactile I get to put my hands on someone it's a great way to flirt yeah you know and for and for me boot blacking is about sex it's about it's about worshiping the person. It's about worshiping the leather or the boots or the pants or whatever someone's wearing. But it it's very connected to sex for me. And that doesn't mean that somebody who's a boot black is inherently sexual. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to sexualize every person that sits for me. I, I get I feel out the temperature of what somebody is desiring from that moment. Do you know what I mean? So, so when you say that you get to worship the leather, that means that you get to worship it by by taking care of it and and oh definitely that's that's a part of it i would say that's the beginning you know leather worship by by definition is is technically licking boot licking right and um, worship is sort of shorthand oh, and yeah. kink for like foot worship would be sucking on toes and totally et cetera, totally et so I'm, I'm using it that way but i'm also using it like i um i i i think it is an act of an act of um you know not necessarily submission, but an act of service mm. to to worship someone that way and to make them feel feel beautiful and also feel taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, and then I get to also have really great conversations. I get to learn all of. I I I, I have made jokes, um, and I I said this when I um, gave my little speech for being done with being international Miss Beach Bunny. I like um, said that like I also know so many people's secrets because I'm sort of like. We're sort of like the leather hairdressers, you know what I mean? Uh, like writer bartenders. Yeah. So like it's 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 multi layered. It's a multi layered experience. That makes complete sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's really cute. Yeah. Um so do you lick the boots of every person at every event who sits no, for you? No, no, no. What what uh under what circumstances do you lick someone's boots? Well, I, I, I teach a class on this. Um, Great. I should take it. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's really a flirting class when I actually really think about it. It's really a flirting class because it's about reading cues, but basically, you know, I'll walk you, I'll walk you through my process. Okay. Um, please I'll lead by example. So someone will sit for me Mm -hmm. and pretty much by this point, 
you know, if someone's got laces in their boots, I'll ask, oh, can I take your laces out? Easier to clean. They don't get wet. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But once I'm unlacing their their boots, I'm assessing two things at once. I'm assessing the state that their boots are in. But I'm also assessing how people are reacting to my touch. Mm. Some people totally check out and they're just happy to be sitting there with their cigar and their whiskey and that's cruising that. and looking cruising around and looking and... around and I'm, I'm just a pretty face that's like taking care of them. Some people are like completely invested in watching. They want to see everything. They lean forward as far as possible and they're like totally into it. So that's one cue. Some people like sit back and like let me sort of like take them on a trip and a every, journey. A journey. And they, like, watch me, but they're very at ease. Mm. Um, so I'll take I'll take the laces out. Um, I also like to feel around. You know, I've often been boot-blocking in spaces where the lighting is terrible. Right. I used to travel with, like, one of those little mini book lights that would clip onto your book, and I'd clip it onto my bag, and then it's I could really, kind of see a little better. really cute. You should have, like, um, like a, a cyclist, like, headlamp. Oh, or... I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> People do that. People do that. No hate, no hate on those people. But it means that when you look up at somebody, you're flashing them with a light. Oh, yes. It's not very sexy. I was more just thinking that that would be funny. (laughs) It's funny. Okay, but so there's shitty lighting in the dungeon. So often I have to put my hands in someone's boots. I can't just look at them and say, oh, they're dirty. Like, I I encourage a lot of people, like, if you want to really feel, because that's the other thing is that there are things you can see, like, oh, these boots are dirty. Right. But then there are things you can feel, like... You know, I'm most of my friends are perverts, but so me saying all of my friends can put their hand on a piece of leather and then kind of feel like whether it's thirsty or not, Mm. you know, you can tell when you put your hand on a piece of leather and it's really supple. Yeah. You can tell it's like, oh, this is well conditioned. Then you put your hand on a piece of leather and it looks good to the eye, but oh, actually like this is feeling kind of dry. Like this needs, this needs some moisture. Uh uh That's how you can tell. So I often have to put my hands on the people's boots on people's Mm. boots so that I can feel what's happening. And like, are there any nicks? Like, I'm not going to ask someone to twist their leg for me. So I'll feel in their heel. And normally as I'm drawing my hand around their heel and up the back of their leg, not doesn't have to be sexual. It's really just me feeling things out and like rubbing and, and checking how people are feeling. That's also a really helpful massage move to like work someone's hamstring, especially if they're in really crazy heels. Right. That is where I know what path I'm on. Hmm. I can tell whether somebody it really is just sitting for me and doing their own thing. Yeah. Or whether somebody wants the sexual attention. Right. Whether they want the experience of having my hands on them, of whether they want this to maybe go a little further. Yeah. Um, and so I get a feel for it because when I'm sort of like feeling the back of the heel and then running my hand up along, you know, the back of someone's calf and feeling what's going on there, some people will sort of offer themselves to you. Hmm. They'll like shift in their, in their chair. They'll moan. They'll say, Oh, that feels so good. Like, thank you. I've been on my feet all day. And that's how, you know, like, Oh, this person wants more attention for me than just a simple boot blacking experience. They might, might want a little bit of sexual attention. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I always ask. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, you were just describing something where it's about reading one another. Obviously there could be a way in which someone could sit in your chair and be a creep. Oh yes. I have too many stories like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
um, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) but just as many people aren't creeps and yes. So what do you love about licking leather? Oh, well, I just, the smell and the texture of leather is so erotic to me, Hmm. especially, you know, fresh off the rack leather. Like I, I used to joke, like going into a shoe store always smelled so erotic to me when I was younger and like, I couldn't quite place it. Yeah. Like I, I like didn't have the like emotional or intellectual chops to like understand why I was walking into that shoe store and like breathing in deeply and being like, Oh, that smells amazing. Like, and realizing that like, it didn't just smell good. It felt smelled good. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, fresh fresh off the rack leather smells really great. But the truth is, I much prefer leather that clearly has also, like, the scent of human in it. You know what I mean? Like, it should be, like, delicious, beautiful, soft smell, very aromatic leather. But I really love that somebody's been, been in it. Like, you know, you've been wearing it. You've been living in it. So it's like animal skin and human sweat that's your thing yeah i mean when you put it like that i sound like a freak but yes um well you're not i mean you're not alone i i I mean if you think about like um you know licking licking boots or you know licking the glove uh it almost seems to be sort of uh one of the more uh common pieces of of imagery uh that is associated with being kinky um you know uh, oh yeah um but it i mean i think it it seems to me that it, the way that it exists in popular culture is um very explicitly as a an illustration of uh, domination and submission or even mm. femme worship, mm-hmm. um, uh, or humiliation, totally. like licking somebody's shoe, humiliation more than leather fetishism. Yeah. You know, um, well, all those things are very sexy. Sure. Um, it comes not from any of those places for me, really. Like, uh, I don't feel submissive when I'm licking someone's boots. Like I, if that's the sort of relationship maybe I have with someone like maybe, but, um, it's not an act of submission for me. Um, maybe, maybe an act of service, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's really just sexual tension and pleasure, like being drawn out. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and the, the truth is, you know, I, I get asked frequently, uh, especially by people sitting for me, um, oh, well, you must be a bottom then. Right. Because you're here, you are. Like, everyone has this idea, like, someone's sitting in a raised up chair, you are at a lower level, you're taking care of their boots, which is considered demeaning. Like, but the truth is, uh, I often will hold up all of my supplies and say, you're sitting for me. Yeah. The length of time that you are going to be here is determined by me. Yeah. I'm using products that for the most part, you probably don't know what they are. Yeah. And you're trusting me with some of the most expensive items that you own. Who do you think is in charge here? Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the bottom now? And like, again, it certainly can be. It certainly can be. Yeah. But that's not the, 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 the assumption is what I wish to sort of like destroy. Dispel. Yeah. um, I, I would much rather people realize that like there, there is more than one way to, you know, 
slice an orange or whatever the fuck that phrase is. Certainly there's a phrase that's, uh, there's more than We're one just making up to... food <laughs> analogies oh, 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 left and right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's more than one way to eat a Reese's. That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, speaking of commodity fetishism, <laughs> I, I, wa- I wanted to ask you on this podcast, um, uh, something that I actually asked you, um, uh, a while ago, um, when you were first explaining all of this stuff to me, and there was something about it that didn't quite compute for me, um, which was that I know you to be a uh, anti-capitalist individual and uh, anti-materialist and anti-consumerist individual. Would that would you confirm that I would, that is I accurate? confirm. I confirm those statements. So there was something that I didn't quite understand about having an obsession with a, with an object, um, which unless you're like a fucking artisan cobbler is a commercial object that you have purchased. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it was Mm -hmm. a gift, but you know, uh, a commercially produced object, um, and, and, uh, fetishizing, uh, that object and also sort of the like literal worship, um, of that object sort of didn't, uh, you know, in in this like literal, uh, manifestation of commodity fetishism. Right. Um, and that didn't quite make sense to me, but you, uh, explained it uh, to me in a way that, uh, completely changed, uh, the way that I thought about it. And you're going to explain that again right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the truth is there's more than one way to eat a Reese's. There's more than one way to eat a Reese's. Uh, so, the, the reality is, you know, I feel like commodity, fe- you know, commodity fetishism, being obsessed with objects, I feel like uh, in our in our world, it's all about sort of trying to patch and fill a hole uh, uh, inside your own psyche with things and constantly buying things. And so especially in the last 10 years, 15 years, there's been uh, what is known as like... Um, planned obsolescence oh in God. all items. I know it's what, right. a, what a big word. So the idea that, you know, an object is made to eventually break down because you will then buy another one. Right. And that time span has, has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Like you buy a pair of sneakers right. for 30 bucks and they like burst at the seams after one season. Like and you're disposable like disposable clothes, disposable. That's so that it. you can continue indulging in the pleasure of oh, yeah. following trends and totally, um, consuming and yeah. And, yeah. uh, that, uh, I'm, I'm very much against that, you know, and it's hard. I recognize like there's a lot of classism involved in what I'm saying. Like sometimes you can't afford more than $30 sneakers, right? but, um, you know, when, when possible, I highly com- recommend people, um, even if you go to your local Goodwill, yeah, buy the pair of like 10 buck, you know, military boots, even if they look like shit. And then take them to boot black because the truth is we will make it so those boots will last you for the rest of your life. Right. So that is where I feel like this sort of like turns it on its head, you know, investing in something that is sturdy. Leather is very sturdy. Yes, it is. You will have, you will have it. You can put it in your will. It's the sort of sturdiness (laughs) that it has and having somebody who will tend to it and make sure that it looks, looks good. But also like, this isn't just about making sure it's the shiniest of the shiny. It's also about 
removing the dirt and the things that will erode it and the things that will make it so the soul peels off. Like this is a, this is a maintenance situation. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That was the thing. That was what clicked for me was the idea that you could have a pair of, that you could, you could save and invest in a pair of well-made boots, well-made jacket, you know, well-made, you know, any, any Mm -hmm. clothing Mm -hmm. or jewelry. Um, and, if you take care of it or you have a boot block, take care of it, then that one investment lasts you forever and it actually keeps totally. you from consuming and buying and, um, totally. yeah. And yeah. And that, and you, and, and producing waste. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a multi, multi, uh, a multifaceted sort of, there, there's intersectionality to it in my opinion, uh, that I think can really be unearthed. Absolutely. Um, so really you're just, you're just fighting, you're just smashing the state when you're licking boots is what you're saying. Yes. That's, that's essentially what I am indeed saying. Yes. (laughs) Um, so yeah, something else that you said really struck a chord with me. Uh, I I think it was when I was living in the Bay area um, and there was a cover story in, I think it was the, the SF weekly about, um, the San Francisco girls of leather. Mm-hmm. And that organization was the, uh, you know, and I was reading about them and that, that organization was the first, um, that ever introduced me to the ideology of community service, mm-hmm. which I've grown up thinking was something that you did that would look good on your college application. Like, you know singing to folks in old folks homes or like picking up trash on the side of the road. Right. But the, for the, uh, SF girls of leather, it was about community service, like serving your leather community, serving your kink community, serving your queer community, um, by taking care of their leathers, which be, you know, because leather is symbolic of the community or symbolic of people's pride in their, in their kinks. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's a few layers to it really. Um, so one is definitely the community service implications, um, of what you just said, you know, you're taking care of, of other people, but, um, you know, the, the boot blocks at an event are often working for tips, and often those tips go towards something like a giant charity. Mm. Um, and so it, it feels really good, you know, because for the most part, at a lot of these events, money can't really exchange hands for various sexy reasons. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, you might be able to, like, give a donation for a jello shot and then wander away. But um, often whoever's coordinating the boot blocks will pair with a charity and then give 50 to 70 to 100% of those tips to the charity. So by tipping a boot block, you are actually donating to charity most times. Yeah. Like that event that we went to at, at housing works, um, here in New York city, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. uh, where they save all of their leather stuff from the year and then, um, and then sell it all in one night. And, and Oh, I love it. I wish I could remember the name of that event. Uh, I worked it three years in a row. You think that I would not suck at that, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's great about that is that you go to, to housing works, which is a, a thrift store and, um, which is a, who, a thrift store that is already donating to HIV AIDS housing and research and, and com- the community. So. Exactly. So it's twofold. Yeah, exactly. Housing works. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and 
and you know, the, and there are boot black stands set up, and so it's it's cool too because one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's sort of a it's sort of a code, right? Because boot blacking is something that you can totally do in public and again like we were talking about earlier to the untrained eye it it doesn't necessarily look like a sexual thing or even a particularly kinky thing yeah um uh but you first of all you can do it in in public without uh you know appealing to the prurient interest or offending anyone or like you know um uh and you it's also something that community members can do w- with one another that creates a sense of intimacy without it necessarily being the intimacy of like a date or a absolutely you see what i'm saying absolutely, yeah. so it it creates this sexy energy between mm-hmm. friends or even between oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's that's the other thing you know to to speak to that point like what what really drew me uh to boot blacking you know, besides having leather fetish, loving process and ritual and, yeah. and, and, you know, the, the, the implications of community service and, and worship, you know, it's, it is such a great way to get to know somebody. Yeah. And it like, you know, I, I, um, my first ever, uh, time public, publicly boo blacking first party I ever did it at, um, was the submit party here in here in New York and how long ago was that back in the dark ages god i'm such an old queen now um i don't know i want to say it was a, it was maybe 9 years ago by this point cool um i just wanted to establish that you know you're no spring chicken i'm no spring chicken yeah 8 or 9 years ago you've been licking boots since licking boots since Oh, I've, I was knee I've high been, to aggressive. That's a different story. That's a different story. Don't let me forget that. Let's put a pin in it. Oh, licking, licking things, licking, licking things. things. Pin, pin, pin in that. Oh, but, I'll remember that. But um, you know, I I brought my kit. It was like the first time I was really okay. Going so wait, to... uh, it, it, what is submit. submit? Oh, submit is a women in trans play party here in here in here in Brooklyn. Okay, um, so it's like a place that people go to do dirty things. To do dirty things. It's great. It's a good party. It's great yes run by red totally totally worth it um and i had i had been to a few play parties but always been with people and i was going with two of my friends and they had plans and dates and they basically like once we got to the party we we were gonna separate like they had things to do yeah um and so people to see see. so i brought my um at the time i had a kit that was in like an antique classic box that had the, has the little like foothold so you could put your foot on it. Oh, cute. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, I showed up at the party and was like, well, I don't know anybody. I'm in a city I don't live in. I'm going to boot black. I've never done, I'm going to boot black at this party. And, and you had a little bit of training at that point. Yes. I was maybe like three months in to like knowing any of these things, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe four. And, uh, 
you know, Red was very nice, set up a light for me and a mirror and the whole thing. Being by a mirror was pretty fun because it meant that people got to see all angles of me without having to sort of like crane their necks. But uh, my my friend Lauren called me the belle of the ball that evening. I worked on Boots from the minute we got to that party until the minute we fucking left. It was hours. I was on my knees on that concrete for hours. Mm. I never, I know, sentences I say, (laughs) uh, I, I did not have a break until this is when I learned that, you know, one... This was a great setup. I got to talk to almost everyone at that fucking party. Yeah. And somebody, I was not smart enough to realize that people should be giving me any money. So, like, whatever. Didn't even think to ask for it. But one of the women I took care of, I, she had these um, docks that she's had she's had for, like, 20 years, something crazy. And, like, the toes were all eaten because she rides her bike in them and whatever. And uh, she was like, when you're done... I, I, I want to give you a massage in exchange for how nice your boots look. Cha-ching. Bam. And like, while I remember it was like four o'clock in the morning and I, like my body is fucked. I've been on my knees for, for so long and I've been working in my neck and whatever. And here's this beautiful biker chick lady rubbing me everywhere. And I'm thinking to myself, this is why people do this. Okay. Well, there it is. <laughs> and when you say that you, that you were working all night, it wasn't like, oh shit, what have I got? gotten myself into it was more like you were so engrossed I was so into it I I like couldn't even I like I I loved it like and that's the thing too is that you know boot blacking in in a women's scene boot blacking has been around for a really long time and I'm really glad that now there's sort of like such a um the 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 temperature is even different than it was eight nine years ago do you know what I mean like yeah in terms of in terms of gender, of, of ge- the gender genders of boot blacks and like the history of that, and um, you know, I, there are lots of um, I'll, I'll have to put together like a resource list for anybody that may want to read up on some of the interesting histories of all this. But like, women yeah. have not been involved in boot blacking in this way, so there were some people who had no idea what I was doing. So I got to sort of play this very interesting role of like flirtatious, take care of you, also explain what I'm doing and what I how I learned and what's happening and. It was, it was amazing. I loved it. And that like kicked off, you know, everything. So, uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you're like the grill master at a party and you know, you're in the, you're in the place where you're in control of the thing everybody wants at the party, which, you know, if you're the grill master, that's the meat. Well, you know, the meat. The meat. The meat. And if you're the boot black, it's, you know, not only this thing that is alluring and mysterious and right. has got you on your knees, but also is something, why wouldn't you want your shoes to look brand new? Right. No, there's lots of reasons. I mean, I, I tell people, uh, it's a great thing if you're shy it's a great way to um, to go to a party to go to get into the scene if you're shy because the big barrier when you are sort of a quieter shy person is the fact that oftentimes you are sort of milling about talking to people right and you have to break that barrier and boot blacking if you if you choose to boot black at a, at a public event or a private play party or whatever will um, allow you to um, talk to people you're always in one place you have something to do with your hands and there's a beginning a middle and an end so Mm -hmm. you never find yourself sort of floundering in case you like don't know what to do next or 
don't know what you're into, like you can have a very contained, structured way of talking to someone, which is amazing. And it's a great way to flirt and meet people. So public service announcement, always tip your boot black. Always tip your boot black. Yeah. Public service announcement. What is, what is customary to tip a boot black? You know, I, um, I've run a number of, of public events by this point and, uh, my, my standards are, um, if you've got sort of like leather shoes, yeah, five to 10, yeah. uh, sort of like mid, mid calf boot, uh, 10 to 15, yeah. um, knees to balls, you know, 20, 25, um, a garment, maybe 20, 25, like a vest or a, um, but definitely like, um, you know, tip, it's like, you know, weight service, sure you know, uh. Tip, tip also for not just for the job itself, but for maybe the quality of care that you got. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because some of these fuckers are wearing these, like, you know... Oh, God, yeah. Tip to toe uh, leathers, you know, those, like, things that look like button-up... Well, they're, like, button-up shirts, but they're made of leather, and they're wearing leather pants, and they're, oh, you know, the leather yeah, shoes, yeah. leather no, gloves, I, 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 You have to ask, ask what people want to. Mostly people are just getting their boots done, but I've definitely had people... Or, you know, I had some... I'm certain he's a very nice man, but he was, I was very mad at him. I had some guy sit for me with fucking knee high Wesco boots with like a million eyelets and all of these laces. And there were the, there were these Wescos that he'd worn to burning man two years in a row and hadn't, hadn't even fucking hosed them down. They were, I swear I opened them and mold fucking flew out at me. It was Ah! gross. And that was an hour and a half of work. And then he got kind of stingy when I was like, $20 is not enough, sir. Like I worked on your boots for an hour and a half. You were, you will never have to buy new boots now. Also, if you can afford to go to Burning Man, you can afford to tip your boot black. Girl, right? Jeez. (sighs) Fuck that guy. Talking about commodity fetishism. Well, so... What should someone do if they... No, wait, we're going to talk about licking. You wanted me to ask you about licking. Well, what? I need more. Where? You said to what? put a pin in it. Oh, 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 right. Putting a pin in licking. Right, 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 right. Gosh, I just, you say licking and I'm like, what do you want me to lick? Um, so, Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, so... Focus. Focus on licking. We just keep, we're talking about all these things that I find really sexy. It's a little warm in here. I'm like sort of feeling a little randy. Listen, I'm just trying to be profesh. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I wanted to put a pin in it because you made a joke like, ah, you've been, I've been licking boots for X amount of years. The truth is. True, true story. True by, confessions. True confessions by Katie Diamond. You heard it here first. Uh, this is a story we like to tell because I just think it's so funny. But um, I've got the scoop. I've got the inside story. The inside story. Exclusive. Exclusive. That's not true. No, I've told a lot of people the story. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Fuck. I've already ruined your exclusivity clause. I I'm, want my money back. I, fuck. Um, some some kids have like teddy bears, blankies binkies, what have you. I had a leather glove. My God. I know. What a, what a, what a scoop. What a a story. I had a leather glove named appropriately Glovey. 
Glovey. Glovey. Glovey the glove. Glovey the glove. Uh-huh. <laughs> you named you named the glove. I named that glove, Glovey. Uh-huh. And yeah. Rocky, he was a stuffed seagull from the Baltimore Aquarium. Okay. Uh and I would They tuck... were a pair. They were a pair. They traveled they were together. They're inseparable. They mm-hmm. can't be by themselves. That really makes sense. A seagull in a leather glove. I I can totally see. I'm actually why really you... surprised nobody has approached me from some sort of television network to be like, I want to green light this kids show. Perhaps like you ought to put that pitch together. Yeah, you know, uh, the unfortunate thing is I think that it would be a sort of a uh, racy show. So perhaps not appropriate for children under the age of 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so um, I, I had a leather glove. So you had a, you had a little, uh, yeah, your like, security the, blanket. It's so queer. It's one of the queer. I would tuck Rocky underneath my left armpit so okay. his little head would come out. Okay. I'd hug him that way. And I devised, I remember doing this. This I is remember, when you were very young. I was very, I was, I was toddler age, Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not younger. I remember wanting to figure out how I could always smell Glovey forever. I needed to smell him always. I always needed to smell him. And surprise, surprise. This is a very perverted story. It's a very perverted story. And so I devised that if I, dear audience members, I'm holding my hand sort of like a gun, except like my two fingers. forefinger and middle finger. So, you know, it might also be known as the come hither motion uh, or yes. an excellent way to finger someone, perhaps. I would... Oh, G-spot. Good G-spot. Reach. There's a lot going on in this story. There's so much. So you've I got would, you two two fingers. I would take Glovey between my thumb, my ring finger, and my uh, pinky finger, and then I would suck on my middle finger and and, and uh, forefinger. I would I would that way I could hold Glovey to my nose while I fell asleep. That is what I did Isn't as a that child. A choking hazard. Your hand on your own hand? Kids suck their thumb all the time. Is that a choking hazard? I guess not. No, I think I think that the biology would save us. I think we'd be saved. But yeah, no, that's how I could smell Glovey as I fell asleep. Wow. Yeah. You 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 have a memory of this. This is not. Just I remember a... thinking this is the way to do it. Yeah. Like, and maybe it wasn't quite this conscious, but like, I have the memory of when that was like, oh, aha, a revelation. This is how I will make it so I can always smell Glovey and never have to sort of, it was sort of a way to like tuck my fingers into my mouth so that I never had to sort of like hold that my, 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 you know, hold glovey to my face. So you're like an OG pervert. I'm Katie an OG Diamond. pervert. Yeah. yeah. You're like, it goes back, it way go, it's, back. It's a root. It's and a you rooted. never, and you never, uh, well, clearly you never got over it. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> no, no. Thank God I never got over it. So were you like sitting in the back of like high school math class, like sucking on your glove? No, because that's high school for fuck's <laughs> sake, you know, but I definitely up and up until I was like 13 or 14, like if I was upset, I wouldn't suck my fingers, but I would smell glovey. It became like, you know, there's a lot of psychology there that I'm pretty certain someone could unpack. But anyway, yeah, comfort, soothing. Yeah. Leather is soothing and sexy. And so you found a very productive outlet for that obsession is the moral of this story. Yeah, Instead you know, of that turning into some sort of sublimated um, uh, pathology, you, no, no. You, you released it. Yeah, you know, I was telling the story, uh, you know, once I started getting more and more involved with kinky people and perverts, you know, I was telling this story to someone and they were like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I was like, no. They're like, have you ever heard of leather worship? And I was like, no. 
what is that? You mean it's something I can do when yeah. I'm having sex? Yeah. And that that's how I got introduced to the, really the whole scene was the fact that I thought that story was was fitting for my pervert friends to be like, oh, I love le- I love the smell of leather so much that I even as a child and someone being like, whoa, 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 hold the phone, let me introduce you to. A whole new world. So do you have a distinct uh, preference for leather boots over other leather items? I or... prefer leather gloves. You prefer leather gloves. That's I really like, your... like soft leather. Right. I, I Look, I don't discriminate. The boots, it's all about the person in the boots as well as the, the item. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, some people will really get it, get it up for a particular brand or whatever. But I, I like it all. But the truth is, I really like soft leather. Um, and so... I would much prefer to, like, not necessarily just lick your boots, but if you're wearing leather pants or a leather skirt or whatever, I really want the suppleness and also how it connects to your body. But um, the thing that's so fun about sucking off leather gloves is that there's already something so erotic to swallowing someone's fingers. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so yes. Then you get the added bonus of, of also getting the glove. The actual leather it's like glove that in your scene mouth. in Orphan Black where she's sticking her fingers in his mouth and getting that <laughs> crazy dominatrix look in her face. Yeah, I mean, face fucking, uh, like face fucking with, with your hand is like such a domination situation. But also, you know, like sliding your tongue between someone's fingers and like playing with the webbing between yeah. someone's fingers is incredibly erotic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is part of the reason that you clean the boots so that you feel comfortable putting your mouth on the thing in terms of... I'm just curious about yeah, what you say, because yeah. leather is, is porous. Leather is porous. I mean, there's no way for leather to com- be completely, completely clean from its last endeavor, is mm. the reality of it. So right. there are definitely some people that, like, have a pair of boots that, like, they're, they're these are their piss boots. People piss on these boots, and that's that. Like, that's what they use them for. Um, but, yeah, that's part of it, especially if it's a stranger's walking through the world. Like, my, my like, it's so funny. It's, it's like, you know, the, um... The cobbler's children have no shoes, right? Like, I, I, all of my boots, like, unless I'm gonna, because I get fixated, unless I'm gonna sit and really clean them, like, my boots are a wreck. I wouldn't let anybody just sort of put their tongue on them, but people do. And so, do uh, they? They do. And, uh, you know, yeah, I guess cleaning it is one of it, but I'm also, I'm a filthy pervert. Like, the truth is, I'm like, ah, oh, it makes you well, stronger. Like my immune, you. my immune system is, a. Uh, sturdy. That's what I was just saying the other day when I was eating frosting off the floor. <laughs> makes my immune system stronger. Uh, uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um, Are you turned on by the frosting or the leather? You know what? We could immune combine systems? them. No, don't do that. No, no, no. no licking the frosting off of I leather mean, boots? I wouldn't. No. No. You're licking leather for licking leather. You're licking frosting for licking frosting. The sugar will mess up the leather. Will it? Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so boot blacking is about taking care of leather, community service, yeah, leather fetishism, leather worship, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. enjoying actually... For me, some people keep these things very separate. Sure, but yeah. of course. Um, so the, the arousal of putting your mouth on leather and the smell of it and the taste of it, the mouth, the mouth feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you were saying you don't necessarily have a, a preference for boot. Uh, some people obviously have a boot fetish. Yes. Or like when James Darling was on the show and he was talking about high heel fetishes. Um, he had like a brand he really liked too, didn't he? Uh, he no. totally listed a brand. He may have listed some. I can't yeah. remember if he did. But but in any case, he um, it wasn't necessarily even about the leather or the material for him. It was more about like the, the silhouette and the shape. The silhouette of a boot. Uh there are there are things I, I I do find attractive, but you know it really is. I'm such a pervert this way, you know. I it really is how someone wears it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't feel like I really can rock like a funky fluvog, but there are some people out there that like it looks like they were born in them. Yeah, they look so good. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I I will love a pair of boots if you you know if you if you got it you, and you flaunt it then I'm I'm basically into it is what it boils down to. I'm 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 a equal opportunist boot worshipper. Cool. So what are some things that you can do if you are a boot black and you know so you you've cleaned the boots maybe you've licked the boots all over. Um, what are some, are there, are there other things that you can do as other activities that you can do if you have this fetish or you share this fetish with someone else? Oh yeah. I mean, by that point, you know, by, by the time you've like gotten through cleaning someone's boots, licking someone's boots, uh, maybe everyone's hot and heavy, you know, I, I have an oral fixation. I don't know if this story, this entire podcast has made it clear, you but don't I, say. I, I like to I'll put be things damned. in my mouth. I'll <laughs> so be goddamned. That's how I learn about the world, really, you know, um, <laughs> is I put it in my mouth. Um, and so... <laughs> You're, like, going through the world mouth first. Yeah, basically, you know, it's yeah. like children, you know, babies, their, like, eyes aren't quite developed yet, so they just shove everything in their mouth. That's me. I put everything in my mouth. So my instinct... I just want to, I just want to clarify for <laughs> listeners that Katie Diamond is a full-grown adult. <laughs> Despite constant just... references to being a small child. <laughs> She's a mature, responsible, I am, consenting I am, individual of age. <laughs> I am not a baby. Uh, point being, though, is that I like things in my mouth. So, no, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I always have felt that, for me, you know, if I'm licking someone boot to pant to slowly moving up, my instinct is always to say, oh, this is a natural next cock-sucking moment. Oh, yeah. But um, there are lots of things to do. You know, if you like to top as a boot black, your kit is... Wait, uh, hold the phone. You can top as a boot black? Oh, yes, of oh, course. My. You can top as anything, let's be real. But as a boot black, Amen. you can totally top. You know, um, one of the hottest things I ever saw was uh, back in 2008. I was at International Miss Leather, and I decided to take a class aptly named Topping as a Boot Black. And uh, the presenter, this uh, person, Boymo, took um, their bottom, this, like, beautiful femme. And, you know, Mo's talking through all of the, like, logistics, the 101 of boot blacking, and then, you know, takes the laces out of her boots, and then straps the bottom using her own boot laces, <gasps> ties her to the chair, <gasps> whips out a knife. From their boot kit. And from ankle to clavicle, cuts off every ounce of her clothing. 
Whoa. Removed her stockings, underwear, bra, everything. Ooh. Me and a few faggots in the room were like, her bra. It's a nice bra. But then tore, tore, tore it all up, ripped her stockings, then proceeded to use the stockings to buff her leathers, make them really shiny, took polish, smeared the polish up her body, licked it off of her. There's a lot you can do. Yeah. Then, you know, your brushes, the joy of, you know, having all those brushes in your kit is that. Oh, the backs sensation. of them, the oh, sensation. Uh, well, there's oh, the their brushiness, and then, absolutely, and then impact. But you have the impact. You can absolutely uh-huh. use any of those things. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Cool. I, I've always been very, uh, very into sort of like the back alley situation of kink. Like I would much rather be walking down the street and then only be able to use the things on my person to fuck you up. That's what I want, and I think that's part of why bootblacking is really exciting to me and why I'm so basic with my kid is because I want to be able to sling it over my shoulder and then wander down the street and then I've got everything I would need to not only make you look good but possibly like make it so you have bruises for weeks on end. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I like the idea of you're just marching down the street and you say, you, you there, madam, you look like you could use the shine. <laughs> <laughs> why indeed I do. Yes, sit here. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I gotten myself into? I love it. It's very Tom of Finland, that scenario. Yes. Most scenarios worth describing are like very Tom, Tom of Finland. Finland. Yeah, you are correct. Oh, we well, we were talking. I was I was hoping we would get to, to stomping. So, so no. So, I was, before I interrupted you. Oh, I was talking I about was, cocksucking. You you were talking about cocksucking, but I was I was specifically asking about um, other things. Other people. yeah, the, what what can you do uh, sure. besides the things that we've described, um, or what like perhaps if we think of boot blocking, obviously it can be the main event, but maybe it can also be foreplay to lead to other things that are boot or leather centric. Yeah, I mean I um I have a pair of Wesco's. Um, What's great about Wesco boots for for the the uninitiated is that they're sturdy and they're American made. They're made right in Oregon and they are they come in all shapes and sizes. They just recently started a women's line and um this they are steel-toed fuckers. They will destroy you. The soles are chunky. They like hold you up. Excellent arch support, might mm. I also add. But that's like, good. I have very high arches, so that's good. Oh, for me the know. boots are really great for that. But um, those are really stompy boots, and I would I would say that like if someone's already at your feet, licking your boots everywhere, then lifting up a leg and putting your I've I have been licking people or or taking care of them, like doing their boots when they've lifted their other foot and started to grind their heel into my shoulder blade or something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, you like that? Oh yeah. The working under duress is actually very hot for me. Like, oh, don't fuck up the boots while you're getting so turned on because someone's fucking with you. Ooh, predicaments. Yeah, it's its own predicament bondage because you have to do a good job. Mm-hmm, you want to mm-hmm. do a good job. You don't want to mess up what, what's happening. So that's definitely another another layer. There are so many different scenes that you can play out with with boot blacking somehow being the undercurrent. You know, my um, uh, Jim, Jim Duder was international Mr. Boot Black 2011. And, uh, so he was your, your, uh, he was my husband, your husband, husband, but I used to call him grandpa husband because he was the guy who taught the guy who taught me. So I was sort of like his grandchild, his boot black grandchild. And then we got married. Oh, it's more perverted, very perverted things. Very, I'm a pervert. People think that I'm just a nice, nice man in a tie, but I'm, I'm a pervert. Um, 
but he was telling me about this incredible scene he had where um, he was asked to do this guy's boots with his two girlfriends. And so he showed up with his kit, you know, looking dapper. As he always as, does. As he always does. And uh, the guy had on only his boots, and he was sitting in a chair, and he used one woman as just a rug. Wow. For his boots. So he so Jim started taking care of his boots while he while this woman was lying on her belly, and she was just the rug. And then this other... Objectification. Objectification. And then the other woman was, like, sort of sexually touching everybody and, and messing around with everybody, and eventually started fisting the rug. And so... Jim is like fisting the rug, fisting the rug sentences. I never thought I'd ever say. Um, so, you know, she's starting to convulse. Jim's taking care of the boots. And I bet she was not being a very good rug while she was being goodness. I would say she was being a bad rug, but um, (laughs) bad rug. Also no cookie. Best, best rug. You know what I mean? Right. What an accessible rug. Um, so, you know, and how the versatile rug, versatile rug, you know, uh, the scene eventually, you know, devolved into like just a, Boot black, sweaty, ridiculous mess, mass of people. But it started with, you know, him doing boots while, you know, sort of like someone else hung about while there was a, a sort of human human furniture situation happening, which is very sexy. Wow, it sounds like you could probably incorporate boot blacking into almost any scene that you could possibly think of. It's true. Well, it, it also does seem like, uh, you know, we've had some um, episodes of Why Are People Into That, like with... Um, uh, Laura Antonio, um, uh, where, uh, we talked about service and it does seem, um, like if you are exploring a a DS dynamic with your partner of any intensity, you know, uh, from serious 24 seven, um, to just experimentation, it seems like doing, uh, uh, experimenting with boot blocking could be a really great way to explore protocol and Mm -hmm. service and, um, caring for one another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I would say that's, that's definitely, um, if you're not certain what sort of container your service dynamic should exist in Mm. boot blocking and, and sort of leather care and making sure someone always looks good is an excellent place to start because there's, there's a lot of, of the, the, the sort of foundation for that is solid. And it will help you understand, like, are you someone who likes things clean? Are you someone who's okay with a little bit of mess? Mm. Are you okay, like, always having tools on you to make sure your person is clean? Are you okay with the fact that, like, you may have to tend to this uh, particular um, need, like, the leather is looking nice throughout an entire day or a weekend? Um, You know, are you okay with the fact that, like, you know, your person may not be able to give you the attention that you want? because they're off doing something else and you're supposed to be in attendance to them. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, there's a lot of parameters that you can really examine just with this one thing. And then you can branch out from there. You, and you might discover that like, you love keeping things tidy. So you also really want to be someone's houseboy. Yeah. And boot blacking can be your entry to that because you realize like you really like when things look neat or, and have a certain order. And that is something that appeals, you know? So, if somebody is, if somebody's interest is piqued by this conversation, um, and they, uh, don't necessarily, um, have a party to go to, to set up with their kit, um, or, uh, somebody else's boots to do, um, what are some good, uh, examples of solo play, um, for boot blocking? Yeah. I mean, cause there's, there's kind of two layers, right? There's the, there's the actual technical 
aspect to boot blacking, and then there's the sort of like sexy stylings that you can bring to it. Um, right. I think that when people are first starting out, they're really nervous about the idea that they're going to fuck something up, and it kind of takes away the sexy factor. So to to overcome that, I would first say once you have your basic tools. Uh, I really do recommend, again, going to a Goodwill and getting a pair of boots. Um, and maybe they'll be the boots that you want to wear, or maybe they'll just be a pair of boots that you think look really great, and uh, you just want to make them look nice, and yeah. you want to practice on that. Like, I highly recommend that, um, you know. And it's a fail-safe way to, to do that. Um, so that will get you over the technical. Um, but it also seems like maybe you could take care of those boots and then, you know, huff them while you jerk off. Totally. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I recommend snagging like a garment, ideally like a vest, if you can find one, even if it's one of those like cheesy nineties vests with the frit, with the frill and like, you know, like take care of it with some Hubbards and like really, really massage. That's the thing about the, the, the soft leather too, is that you really need to massage the conditioner in like massaging so, kale like like when you're making a massage kale salad just like that kind of except not and <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you really want to get that in there because I, I like to say that um you know if you're uh putting on moisturizer before you leave for the house right. the, the, the house for the day um you wouldn't leave like a sheen of moisturizer on your skin well, right so, so i might but I mean, i'm a bad example <laughs> Yeah. So like, you know, you rub that in. So similarly, like, so that alone is incredibly erotic. Um, mm-hmm. It's incredibly erotic. So I, I recommend that. So any sort of play where you maybe want to um, have something that's soft enough for you to lay it on your face or um, use it as sort of like a masturbation tool that is, I think, really helpful. Having your own leather gloves, too. You could wear leather gloves and play with yourself and, and really oh, feel how fuck. erotic it is. Like... You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with jerking yourself off while wearing leather gloves. No, there is not. There is nothing wrong. And and I just I just want to say, uh, full disclosure here. You know, I've been sort of playing um, innocent uh, somewhat uh, um, in following this line of inquiry. But I I just need to report to um, our listeners that uh, wearing leather boots or leather pants or a leather jacket and having somebody who really knows what they're doing um, take care of your leathers while you're wearing them is the best fucking massage you could ever get because it's it's a massage plus it smells all musky and smoky and sexy and you're and it's it's just, it's really, it's something else. It's an experience that I highly recommend. And, you know, most leather events are going to have a boot black at them. Um, and, you know, it's really, it's a pretty accessible um, sort of kinky experience to have. And always tip your boot black. <laughs> always tip your boot black. Um, well, Katie Diamond, is there anything else that you want to say on this subject before we call it a wrap? Gosh, we covered so much ground. I mean, I think, I think we I, stomped all around in our stompy boots. Stomped everywhere in our stompy, stompy boots. Um, you know, for people that are, I guess, side note. Yeah. For people that maybe are vegan and don't want to wear right. leather. Right. Um, I have a leather fetish, so I 
could I can't get on that train. But a lot of the techniques for boot blacking and all the boot worship, totally comparable. Vegan leather is supple in a in a different way because it's that sort of pleather situation. But yeah. you can you can clean those. You can't polish them, but you can clean them and then worship them. So you can still get sort of the uh, experience that we're talking about out of it. It's so interesting too because. For somebody like you, your leather uh, fetish is central to your attraction to the kink and leather scene. It's very literal. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a direct pathway. It seems like for some people, leather is a little bit more of a metaphor for whatever their particular kink is. You know, they might even be vegan and be leather. Oh, totally. Um, but uh, for you... There's something about that sexy second skin that is just... Oh, yeah, it was absolutely my my direct gateway. So um, when people say the leather community, for me, it really is about leathers. It is about leather. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Well, thanks for being on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. And it's been great to be here. I hope you'll come again. I will. It's often said that the biggest erogenous zone is between the ears, not the legs, and sexy talk is a great way to get those juices flowing. In this Dirty Talk class, professional exhibitionist motormouth Tina Horn, that's me, will open your mind to dirty dynamics and have you cursing like a sailor in no time. You'll get a chance to practice nasty talk, learn how to get in touch with your own filthy fantasies and the fantasies of others, and experience the excitement that words can unlock in and outside of the bedroom or dungeon. That's the description for Use Your Words, my Dirty Talk class, which I am teaching at the San Francisco Armory, Thursday, October 23rd at 7 p.m., So if you're in the Bay Area, this is a rare chance to come meet me and learn more about relationship communication and filthy language, which is obviously my speciality. As always, Wire People Into That is exclusively underwritten by Smitten Kitten, the progressive sex toy store for everybody. Follow at Into That Podcast and at Tina Horn's Ass on Twitter and write us a review on iTunes if you're so inclined. Till next time, this is Tina Horn reminding you to always tip your boot black. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 